Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 10, and I did it my way. Mary, what happened this week? Birds. Bread delivery. <laughs> oh, my God. I just start over. <laughs> Sorry. Birds. 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 That's it. Okay. Birds. Bread deliveries. Flowers. Milkmen. Awnings. Door polishers. <laughs> brand names. Welcome back to Beverly Hills. <laughs> I had to be dramatic because we've been gone for so long. (laughs) Makes sense. No, it's so perfect. (laughs) Brenda and Stuart are delusional in love. Jim would rather Brenda be injured horribly than do what she is doing, which currently is sleeping in a hotel with her fiancé, Stuart. (laughs) Jim and Cindy lament Brenda's life choices until the phone interrupts them. It's Larry Carson. He'd like to talk to the Walshes at one. It must be because the Carsons also think these children are stupid. Maybe they can work together to squish their children's dreams. Everything is going to be fine. Kelly and David are still acting like they're the ones who just got divorced. Neither of them will hear the other side, and neither will communicate without saying hurtful things. Laura keeps trying to get in touch with Steve. She tries to call her... Oh, wait. No. She tries to call him at the keg house. Steve doesn't talk to her and makes a face. Laura finds Andrea and asks her about Steve. She says she has a class with Steve and needs his notes. Girl, why you lying? Andrea (laughs) gives her Steve's home phone number. Brandon complains to Dylan about his sister. He also complains that Dylan won't tell Brandon why he keeps implying Stuart is bad. But more importantly, Brenda gets everything she wants all the time. Poor baby Brandon. Dylan says he will no longer involve himself in this mess. Brandon isn't done complaining for the day. He has to complain to Professor Randall that Deshaun won't study during basketball practice. Professor Randall says what we said, and maybe don't talk to him about studying during basketball practice. Instead, why don't you invite him to dinner at my house with my wife? Speaking of his wife, Lucinda appears and shakes Brandon's hand like this whole thing isn't super fucking weird. She can't wait to feed Brandon more spicy circles. The Carsons arrive at the Walsh house and immediately order beverages. Then they shock Jim and Cindy by talking about wedding plans. Stuart and Brenda arrive. Vivian is like, we know 400 people, but don't worry, we'll pay for everything. Jim expresses his wish for the kids to have a long engagement. Viv's like, we agree, how about June? When Jim appears horrified... Larry calms him with an inspiring speech about how irresponsible, immature, and spoiled his son is. Stuart and Brenda, or Car Walsh, if you will, can already tell everything about this is going to suck. There's only one thing to do. Get married in Vegas immediately without telling anyone except Brandon. Brandon is shocked and angry, but not shocked or angry enough to withhold his blessing from Brenda. Still, he has a change of heart when he sees, presumably for the first time, how anxious his parents are over this situation. He rats Brenda out and convinces Jim and Cindy to stay put while he rescues his twin sister, himself from Vegas, but also with Steve. Laura calls Steve, but he can't talk because he's on his way to Vegas. He does have time to call Kelly. Kelly calls Donna, and Donna calls David, and David calls Dylan, and Dylan tells Nat that Brenda's getting married in Vegas. All of them, except Nat, end up on the same plane to Vegas 
flying out of Burbank because Lax is full, apparently. Um, Donna makes Kelly and David sit with her on the plane, and they finally apologize to each other and make up. When the gang arrives in Vegas, they gather at the hotel to hatch their plan to manipulate Brenda into realizing she's stupid. The girls give Brenda a wedding shower, and the boys take Stuart out for a bachelor party. The boys learn that Stuart used to suck, but he doesn't really suck all that bad anymore. Still, they go to a strip club, and maybe Stuart realizes he doesn't want to look at the same boobs forever. <laughs> to measure, Dylan also tells Stuart that he, Brenda sucks at fidelity. The girls buy wedding dress or buy a wedding dress at the hotel, and Kelly reminds Brenda of Jackie's wedding and how all that turned out. It's almost midnight, which is apparently a romantic time to get married. A very adjective officiant doesn't hold back about how challenging and also permanent marriage is. He uh, uh sorry. <laughs> he asks if anyone has reasons why the two shouldn't be married. Brenda says, "Me, I do." Stewart encourages her to say what she's thinking because he feels exactly the same way. Jim and Cindy burst in because they decided to come to Vegas too and also apparently booked a room in a caveman hotel. Everyone's relieved and Brenda and Stewart share a dance and still love each other or something. Oh, also John Sears is kind of in this episode just a little bit being a dick to Stephen Dillon and Andrea wins at her first try on a slot machine but gets kicked out of the casino for being too young. The end. <laughs> Which I could not get over because he was like, I need to see some ID. And I was like, she's 32. Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, she's she's old enough. Well, and like the whole time that they're in Vegas, and I guess even, you know, the rest of the episode pretty consistently because of who she is, like everyone else is in these cute little dresses and has their hair done like in real fun ways. And then she's just got like the bouffant and then a bulky suit. It's like she looks like their mother. She is chaperoning them around Vegas. Yeah, David was even like, "Do we look like we're uh, nineteen or whatever?" He said, and he's like, "Do we look like we're under twenty-one? That's so flattering." Mm -hmm. I was like, "No, you're all old." It would have landed way better if Andrea had been one to question. <laughs> well, we're back in full force. So, full disclosure: I watched all of the opening credits for the first time, and I don't know how long. <laughs> I still didn't. <laughs> like, I mean, when you go to Hulu and you have to watch two minutes of ads, then you watch the intro, then you have two more minutes of ads. And because we're in Georgia, you got to watch all the political ads. True. Like, it's a lot. And then you get into the beginning and there's all that B-roll, like Mary said. And I literally wrote, gotta love this B-roll and also birds. Why am I watching this? <laughs> yeah, it, it reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you guys have seen the movie, You've Got Mail. But it reminded me a little bit of the, like, early morning, New York City is waking up and all the storefronts are opening and the bookstore and the flower shop and the newsstand and all that kind of stuff, which is fun, but, like, unnecessary. It at least makes a little more sense in a movie where, like, somebody has to open their own storefront but like right. all of that took place somewhere else and then we're like oh and also this hotel mm-hmm yeah because that's what we start with is Brenda and Stuart like uh, forget the executives at CBS or whatever Brenda has sex now <laughs> I know and I was in the middle of writing about it but did you see who directed this episode no Jason Priestley Oh my Lanza. And it, 
it popped up while they were in bed together. Of course. <laughs> like, I was just, you know, sitting there writing and I was like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, it's been a while since we watched the episode. Brenda moved out of her parents' house. She's living with Stuart. Oh, look at all their clothes and Jason Priestley. <laughs> that was really loud. I apologize. <laughs> no, it's it's appropriately loud, I think, because is this his first or no, his first one was the car racing. Was that the one? I think that was his first one because, yeah, he he did it. And then the guy who wrote it, this is his second episode because he wrote Radio Days earlier in the season. Okay. Oh, wait, no, Jason Priestley did the one that almost it felt like a bottle episode. The one um, with the the stacking heads at the end and the girl that was like a con woman. Right. Oh, has he, has oh, he done yeah. multiple episodes at this point then? Because uh, I thought he did the car racing one. Hold well, on. I have I have IMDb open. Just my laptop has gotten to the point that I can't even download the newest update. Hmm. So we are been there, been there. We are on our last legs. Well, regardless if it's his second or his third episode, great episode to direct. Like I thought, I thought it was great. So it is his second. Because okay, he yeah. did, like you said, she came in through the bath- bathroom window and I did. Wait, she came in through the bathroom window. Wasn't me. You stop that. <laughs> then who did the car racing one? I don't know. Maybe the. I don't know. <laughs> Guys, it's been so long. <laughs> it's been 83 years. <laughs> I was genuinely worried and I was like, I don't remember the last time we recorded and I don't know if I know how to do it anymore. That's what I thought, too. I was like, wait, I have Hulu up. What do I... Notes. <laughs> <laughs> what am I missing? I to, you just watch the I entire episode and you're like, oh, my gosh. That would make me so happy if you just, like, shut up and you're like, yeah, I'm ready to go. What happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah. Cause- anyway, they're in bed together and they're like waxing poetic about their feelings and how much they love each other and and at this point I assumed it was like four weeks of knowing each other no it's still three and they just have all these like of course like lovey-dovey like grand declarations and ideas about how long they're gonna be together and stuff like that and I'm just like that would be cool if y'all are together like three or four years maybe not three weeks I think my favorite part is they keep saying, like, we're going to have a real marriage. Nothing's Mm. ever going to come between us. It's like, who are you comparing this to? Yeah, I mean, I think it would be one thing if his parents were, like, an arranged marriage or something. But they're, I mean, I guess in the sense that, like, but but Jim and Cindy have a real marriage. Like, why doesn't Mm -hmm. Brenda, like, interject and be like, yeah, like my parents? Yeah, that's what, like... She knows that Jim and Cindy have a real marriage, you know, mm-hmm. by her emphasis. Like, well, she even mentions it later. She's like, my parents have been together 20 years and it's been hard or whatever. No, it's, I mean, they're definitely in this like honeymoon phase and the way that they talk to each other really proves that they have absolutely no idea what they're doing. Totally. And like that kind of segues perfectly into the next scene because Jim is like, she has absolutely no idea what she's doing. Exactly. He's He's like yelling yelling about how much he basically hates Brenda. (laughs) Oh my God. He's so mean to her. Mm -hmm. He's like, they're doing their own version of pretty woman. And I was like, 
does that make Brenda the Julia Roberts the sex worker who gets paid to be in this movie? Yeah, like who was he calling? <laughs> was it Stuart or was it Brenda? <laughs> oh my god, I really wish that Brenda was the Richard Gere and she could do the little like snap on the mm-hmm. necklace. And he was just like, ah. mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, and then he's just like, I hope one of them gets hit by a truck. A, and not just a truck, like a little tiny pickup. No, a cement truck. <laughs> he's like, I just need someone in a coma for three months. We can get the other one to get over them. <laughs> like, this is where Brenda gets her flair for the dramatic. Jim Walsh, because he's all, I want her to die. Well, maybe not die, but like be seriously injured. And then that'll stop them. I know, like, they keep talking about, like, I don't know where Brenda gets this. How is she so dramatic? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, Jim, like, just just think just think about it for just a minute. Just look at yourself, Jim. And then Brandon <laughs> astutely points out that these are the same reactions that Jim has now about Stuart that he did about Dylan. Like, basically, like, when they were, like, playing house, what Cindy references. She's like, oh, they were just playing house and they got sick of each other in three days. Where's the lie? I know. I, well, and I love that Jim's like, no, 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 no. This is different. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but actually, I do think if you left them on their own for, like, a week to live together and realize everything, like, they'd get over it. Totally. Like, and also I love that Cindy, like, I didn't totally clock what Brandon and Jim were eating, but I just really love that Cindy just had, like, half of a cantaloupe in a bowl. Oh, yummy. Taking little spoonfuls. (laughs) Like, that is so 90s of a breakfast for a woman who's, like, you know, watching her figure she'd be eating. She just, like, Mm -hmm. has her cantaloupe and then goes out for her gardening and her brisk afternoon walk. Half a melon. Not even a whole melon. No, she can't have a whole melon. That's just insane. <laughs> well, then Jim gets a call from the Carsons and he has to like rearrange his schedule to go meet and have lunch, which then they're like, oh, this could be a good thing because they're probably just as upset as we are. So, you know, of course they're not going to be. I love that Cindy's like, so do we RSVP to them? <laughs> and I was like, I don't really understand what's happening here, but no, they invited themselves over and like, you need to go make a spread now, put the cantaloupe down. Right, right. Go get the rest of the melon, put it out. <laughs> you start bawling that cantaloupe. You stop <laughs> eating it. Yep. And like, true. I don't know if you saw in the scene where they actually show up, like she put out a spread. Mm, I didn't even notice. I should have looked. I, I was just focusing on the fact that they wanted a martini and I think like Chardonnay at like 12 in the afternoon. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it was. And then they were talking back and forth. And then I started realizing that like Cindy put on like a full face, got herself real dressed up. And then if you looked at the table, she had a whole tray out that had meats and cheeses and veggies and like one dip for the whole thing that I can only assume was ranch. So then I couldn't mm. get out of my head of like someone picking up the slice of cheese and dipping it in the ranch. <laughs> Oh, man. And watch it be Vivian, too. Like, she would be the one that's like, oh, what is this fancy dip? I know. She'd be like, is it ranch or is it ranch? Yeah. I've never had this before. Just ham right into it. Mm-hmm. But, like, <laughs> that actually doesn't happen for a while Mm-mm. because, like, this is, yeah, pretty much up until they get to Vegas, everyone does have – a little bit of their own storyline. So right now we go to the 
the beach apartment where David and Donna are getting ready to go to class and he's yelling at her for being late. And she's like, oh, I just, I don't remember. She wants something and wishes Kelly were there. And David's just like, no, nah, I don't want Kelly here. Mm-hmm. She wanted a granola bar. I think that's all she wanted. She just wanted breakfast, David. He's like, you can get it at campus. <laughs> I just, David, David was in his usual form in this episode and I was so tired of it. Same. He's in this so, scene. Yeah. Like in this scene is where it starts. And then he's like mean. It, it's one thing if he's mean to Kelly because obviously they're fighting. It's another if he's mean to Donna because like obviously she's being like he's taking it out on her. Still don't I don't love it, but it makes sense. But then he just like is a dick to the flight attendant. And I I'm know, like, and bruh, who do you think you are? And like I don't know enough about you know, nineteen ninety three flying to know like what his late boarding pass was or like why he was yelling at anybody. But I was just like, I don't think there is any reason for this. I mean, there was no reason for the flight attendant to even be in the episode, but whatever. True. True. But anyway, yeah. like, my favorite part of this scene is when like, so Kelly walks in and David and Kelly are going at each other with the usual, like, why is your mom doing this to my dad? She just wants to hurt him so that he can't be happy, blah, blah, blah. And then he says something that's like, Aaron's only two years old. Do you think any of this is going to make a difference? I was like, yes. Yes, yes David. David. <laughs> Childhood development begins, like, now. immediately. Yeah, like, her <laughs> brain is forming. Her thoughts are forming. Like, her words are forming. Like, she might pick up the word tramp from Mel or something like that. Like, she's going to start thinking that, yeah, her mom is a bitch and her dad is a slut. And then she's going to go to pre-K and be like, my dad's a slut. And they're going to be like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Well, and she's going to get kicked out of pre-K. Exactly. she's not going to get into a good elementary school. And then she's not going to get into a good college. And then she's going to be like Brenda with no prospects marrying some guy at 18. With a prenup that they might tear up in six months. But yeah, and sweet baby Erin, she's going to learn to be mean all the time. She's going to learn to fight to get what she wants, like to yell and stuff. Like, David, you're dumb. Kelly is the psych major. She knows this, but even you don't have to be a psych major to understand what your actions, like how your actions affect things. Like that's, that's what being a human is. So much of me really wished that, you know, they had done the like Parks and Rec scene where he's like, I don't have enough time to tell you why you're wrong. Actually, I'm gonna because it's gonna bother me. And then like (laughs) Kelly just follows them outside and is like, she is going to feel emotionally excluded from her family because of all this fighting. She is going to develop these, you know, needs to please everybody else around her. And then she's not gonna learn how to take care of it. Just on and on and on. Oh, yeah. We could literally have an entire episode about what, how a two-year-old can be affected by this. That's, I want that now. Oh, gosh. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode, but nothing would make me happier than Kelly just, like, creating a presentation on an overhead projector and making David sit down and be like, and this is why you and I can't fight, but we have to understand what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then it'll just be like, Kelly Taylor, Psych 101. Yeah. Character study. Not on the two-year-old. On David. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, nothing makes me happier than the idea that, like, characters in tv shows will be in their first ever psychology class and they'll be like don't psych 101 me yeah like you don't learn anything in psych 101 no you don't but i just love it so then after that scene we see the keg house and john sears and steve are playing pool phone rings 
girl named Laura calls for Steve. I didn't remember. I I just thought Laura was a random girl, but then I remembered, oh wait, this is the girl that um John or some that other dude she, Steve had a blind date with her. Yeah. Cause exactly. The other dude's girlfriend. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Steve doesn't want to talk. He makes a weird face. Maybe perhaps, I don't know, just a thought. Maybe he made a weird face and doesn't want to talk to this girl because he has a girlfriend named Celeste. I, like, so much of this storyline baffled me because I was like, okay, Steve is ghosting this girl, which I feel like was easier in 1993 because you couldn't, like, leave texts on red and, like, mm-hmm. like people couldn't actually see what you're doing on social media and stuff, but she's just not getting the hint. And then, yeah, we just haven't heard about Celeste in a little while. I mean – heard about her last episode but we haven't seen her Mm -hmm. and then yeah john sears is just like what did you do to that girl she's called three times i was like oh no she's not getting it she's not because we see her later and she's definitely not getting it she's like thirsty for some steve sanders i just i love steve you know i do i have a really hard time believing he is that good and like did they even kiss? I mean, I have to fully admit that they, like, admit. I have to fully assume that they did it. Hmm. Like, that is kind of where I am in this sure. time. I mean, he's never said either way, and I do think that he is implied to John and, you know, other people in the keg house that, yes, we did sleep together because that's what's expected of him. Sure. That makes sense. And, like, no one on this show is faithful, so why no. would I assume that he's faithful to Celeste? He already hasn't been. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But and, like, that was that. Was that. And then yeah. we, like, have to go across campus to arguably, like, the best little bit of Brandon stuff in this whole episode. Because I just love that he's bitching to Dylan about Brenda and she's go she's going to get another trip to Paris out of this. You just watch. <laughs> He's always like complaining about how like lucky, I guess, that Brenda is, but it's like, "Bruh, you had a gambling addiction and a DUI and you're fine." Like, I know. Come come back to reality, Brando. And I love that Dylan goes with it and he's just like, "Yeah, man, she's going to have so many frequent flyer miles soon." I feel like Dylan just, like, appeases Brandon sometimes. I'm like, and it's a whole thing, especially with what happens later in this episode, that, like, everyone talks shit about Brenda's back, behind Brenda's back, and then just, like, I don't know, is supposed to be her best friends, her brother, the guy who's still in love with her, whatever. Like, y'all are talking such mad shit. I guess on the one hand, it's like, yeah, they're talking shit, but they're also like, we're still going to spend, you know, a few hundred bucks on a plane ticket to go to Vegas to manipulate her. Like, I mean, it's <laughs> it's terrible, but it's also like they accept her for how she is. They're like, yeah, we're just going to roll with it. We know how to work her, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, like, yeah, they talk shit, but like, it's kind of that thing, like, my sister doesn't listen to this podcast, so this is fine, but like, my sister's got some flaws. <laughs> Love her dearly, but she's got some flaws, but I know how to deal with it. And like my mom and I know what to say and how to do things because we just, that's just who she is. She's not going to change. So we might as well roll with it. But that doesn't mean we don't like 
talk about her flaws. <laughs> no, and I will say, like, I did write in my notes, bro is consistent. I'll say that for him. Very true. Like, the idea that Brandon will not let this trip to France go, and it's been like 40 episodes. <laughs> He's just all in it. But also, I do want to talk about the fact that they all fly to Vegas because I looked up LA to Vegas to fly is an hour and, you know, 10, 20, somewhere around there, depending on things, right? And they mentioned they, you know, have to go to a different airport because they can't go to LAX. So you got to add in all of that trip time and then going through the airport and then getting out of the airport, getting a taxi, blah, blah, blah. But driving from LA to Vegas is like three and a half hours. <laughs> And also, buying the tickets. I mean, they're at least, what, like 200 bucks probably? I mean, even if we can assume that they're less than that, like, okay, you know, Steve gets an allowance, Dylan's rich, Kelly and Donna and David probably all have their parents' credit cards, but, like, Brandon and Andrea would have had to pay for this themselves. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Andrea's <laughs> not doing this. In no world would she have done this. No, it made no sense in my mind. But then, so the next scene chronologically is actually Andrea. And I loved this so much of Laura coming up to her and being like, you know, this whole like slow buildup of like, oh, you went to West Bev, right? Did you know Steve Sanders? Yeah, yeah. We have a class together and I need to get his notes. But he's not answering at the keg house. Can I have his home phone number? And Andrea's just like, I'm just so glad about this melting pot that is happening at this university. <laughs> She's like two seconds away from doing a like kumbaya circle and just having everybody come together. I, but what's like, funny too is she was like, I'm not sure you want his notes. <laughs> I know, but like. That's she's like, I'm not sure you want his notes, but seriously, by the end of the conversation, she's like, I'll drive you to his house. <laughs> True. <laughs> Laura barely needed to push her, and she's just like, This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love college. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's so true for her. Yeah. I know it really I'm, is. I'm very curious about what's up with Laura though. I am starting to remember some things um, with Laura, so let's just say she's she doesn't go away yet. I mean, at some point, there is going to be something that, like, I, I'm just feeling like someone's going to yell at somebody, and I'm going to feel really bad about it. I'm just going to be like, ugh, Steve, why'd you have to yell at this poor girl? Or, you know, something. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't well, let's like just say, it. Let's just say we'll find out sooner rather than later. And Celeste. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> Other part of the college, Brandon, as Mary mentioned, is not done complaining. So, and I forgot his name, but it's Professor, Professor, Professor Randall. <laughs> and I want to say I gave him the name Jeff last time we grouped together. Don't remember. That sounds right. Sure. Um, but he's complaining about Deshaun. And we have not seen Deshaun in several episodes. So they just had to remind us, you know, Brandon's still attempting to tutor Deshaun, and Deshaun still exists, and he still is not eligible, and he still needs tutoring. So regardless of that, he's just like, bruh, maybe you're going up at this the wrong way. Why don't you find him when he's not on the basketball court? Yada, yada, yada. But wait a minute. I have a better idea. Why don't you, 
a person I've already invited to dinner at my house, invite this other boy, this other college kid, to come to my house with my wife. Oh, by the way, do you like spicy food? <laughs> and then when Lucinda walks in and like he asks a question about spicy food, I just wanted Brandon to start sweating so much because like, yeah, he likes her spicy food. He likes it a lot. I just, I have, I have so many opinions about everything when this scene, but I love when Professor Randall's like, yeah, why don't you bring him to dinner when you have dinner with me and Lucinda? And Brandon's literally just like, oh, we're still doing that? (laughs) I thought you forgot. (laughs) Then Lucinda comes in and like, you know, I know we're supposed to be feeling all this tension and, you know, Professor Randall's supposed to be completely oblivious to it, but really it would have been so funny if like, I don't know. Yeah, he, like, started sweating or, like, you just saw him, like, take this really big gulp or, like, his, like, voice cracked a bit of, like, yeah, I remember Lucinda. <laughs> or, like, he, like, swallows, like, his spit the wrong way and, like, starts coughing or something. <laughs> when they man. go to shake hands, she's like, man, your hand is really sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just, just thinking about spicy food just makes me sweat. <laughs> it's it's compulsory. I'm sorry. I should leave. Yeah. We shouldn't have this dinner. <laughs> Bye. But okay, so yeah, this whole scene is kind of to remind us about all of these things that are happening. It's like, just so you guys remember, Brandon's supposed to be tutoring Deshaun and it hasn't been going well. So here's another scene of him complaining to Professor Randall. Mm -hmm. We had like a minute and a half of people window washing and like putting out flowers and shit. Why wouldn't we have had a minute and a half scene of Brandon trying to go talk to Deshaun again and like getting frustrated and then just like, pan over to the hotel I think that's like one of my few main complaints about the show is like the wasted time right because we've talked about this before how they have weirdly a basically a 32 order episode uh season for like five seasons in a row and when it's not 32 it's like 30 And then even then, it's like 28, 29 or something like that. That's a lot of episodes. I mean, I know we're kind of in the day and age where 8 to 12 is really that sweet spot now. Um, But still, Network has like 20 to 24 maybe, which to me is still a lot. And so you have to like find enough plot to spread out across those episodes. So I feel like they're trying to chip away as like much as they can so that they don't have to fill 42 minutes full of an episode so they're like oh if we can cut a minute and a half here if we can do that then that's less but it it just takes away from the episode and the whole overall plots yeah and that was the thing is like I I don't even know when I thought this but I don't think it was when I was watching the episode it was you know after the fact and maybe even when we started talking about all of that random b-roll at the beginning of like you know, I totally get it. You have a lot of time to fill and, you know, maybe these stories haven't like fully fleshed themselves out yet, but like just keep giving us consistent like Deshaun blowing him off. Yeah, that would be better than birds. <laughs> I liked the birds. <laughs> but yeah, like I just, I don't know. Every time Brandon's like, he won't listen. I'm like, then you're not doing your job. Yeah, show Brandon doing a different approach. Like, I don't Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. It's minor. It's not a thing that I'm going to, like, truly knock the show about. But, like, having, you know, 30 years of afterthought, I'm just like, you could have just, like, 
done that. Mm-hmm. It's true. So after that, we get back. This is where we get back to the Walsh house. This is when the Carsons have showed up. It's only lunchtime. It's only lunch. Yeah, yeah. We've only made it like four hours into the day. And um, Carsons are there. They order their drinks, martini and Chardonnay at noon. Brenda and Stuart are there too. And Jim and Cindy are like, wait, I thought it was just going to be the four of us because they thought this was going to be a bitch fest and a plan to basically break the kids up. But no, the Carsons are all about this marriage. Um, Larry offers to pay for the wedding. Vivian casually mentions that they have 350 to 400 of their closest friends and family from their side alone. Um, and obviously Jim and Cindy haven't even thought about anything in terms of a number or anything because they don't want this to happen. <laughs> so, the, the, yeah, like Mary said in her synopsis, the Carson's take it the other way. They're like, oh, it, it's fine. June, which is six months. <laughs> Presumably, we're in January, December here. We're actually, this episode aired in November. All right. Well, the timeline is messed up. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing. Like, it's, you know, depending on when in June, it would be six or seven months. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, first of all, it is not enough time to plan a wedding. Also, Mm-mm. June, do you know how much all that stuff gets booked up so far in advance? Also, can you imagine June in L.A.? I know, and they're like, in case it would affect your allergies, Stuart. I'm like, you don't want them passing out at the altar. Yeah, do you want That's what you don't want. Yeah. Ugh. So I loved the moment that uh, Brenda and Stuart walked in, and like, I feel like I just, I could feel the emotional trials that Jim and Cindy were going through when she walks in and she's like, oh, yes, this new suit, Stuart's really spoiling me. And then Stuart walks in and calls them mom and dad. Oh, which I know that used to be a thing, but can you imagine? Like, I'm sorry. I can't imagine. Like, first of all, I have a mom and a dad, a stepdad and a stepmom. My husband has a mom and a dad, a stepmom and a stepdad. So, like, what do we call them? (laughs) I wanted to ask you about that, like, especially because you have so many, like, parents to talk to. But, yeah, I've got my mom and dad and then John's mom and Bob like so lucky I, I don't even know and then John's dad too but like that's the thing is I call them John's mom and John's dad and I don't even know the last time I actually used their names like I would not I would not walk into the kitchen and be like Terry can I help you with something I would just walk into the kitchen and be like can I help you with something yeah see I'm comfortable calling them by their names like hey Brenda I just <laughs> Well, that's perfect. Yeah, I know. Yeah, his mom's name is Brenda. Um, his stepmom's name is Mary, so that's an easy one. And I'm trying to think. Um, my stepdad, I don't – I actually, weirdly enough, don't really call my stepdad by his name that often. Like, I just talk to him, but I guess it's just because it's my own stepdad. But – and then – yeah, I mean, yeah. So I'm I'm of the call them by their name, which is <laughs> the sequel to call me by your name. Starring this time Sir Sharonin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my God, what if it was like not actually a sequel, but like a parody where they're like, I just I don't know how to pronounce your name. Yeah. Can you explain to me how to pronounce your name? 
It's going to be Saoirse Ronan and Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and what's the one that was in uh, God, a ton of stuff? The the cute little skinny face boy? I think he might have actually been in Call Me By Your Name. Oh, Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be him. Yeah. Who other? Uh... Oh, and we should put in Hassan Minaj because he did that thing one time where he was like, if you can pronounce Timothy Chalamet, you can pronounce Hassan Minaj. Oh my gosh. All right. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's just all this awkwardness now because Jim and Cindy were bamboozled and they were unaware that the Carsons were not going to be on the same page. Then Stuart and Brenda show up and they're all gung ho about the wedding, obviously. But then they realize Brenda and Stuart do that. This is a lot, right? And so they kind of get out of there and go into the kitchen, and they decide they should elope and just forget about all of this. And then for some reason, Brenda's like, I have to tell one person. <laughs> and goes and tells Brandon, which, by the way, the idea that he is sitting in his bedroom when all of this is happening and is not in the room with them mm -hmm. making comments, I was like... It has to be because Jason Prisley was directing this episode. That's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. And that's why he probably wasn't even in a lot of scenes. Yeah. Because it was like any other episode, like, Brandon would be in there. And totally. he would just be like, mom, dad, blah, 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 blah. I mean, like, yeah. Because like even in the beginning of the episode, he's like, I don't mean to interject, but this is exactly <laughs> like the Dylan situation. It's like, bro, yeah. you're the king of interrupting and interjecting. <laughs> no, he has to be there. He is Brenda's third parent. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, I will say you are spot on, though, because like in other shows I've watched where one of the main actors, especially the lead, takes the time to direct an episode. They're like hardly in that episode nowadays, mm -hmm. So, especially in television. So well, I guess that would be the only time it would apply. You wouldn't necessarily direct and act. Although Taika Waititi's done it, so. Has Taika he? Waititi. Yeah, 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 because he did in Ragnarok. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sweet. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so she goes to tell him that they're eloping, and then he starts yelling at her, and mm -hmm. he calls her impetu impetuous and a fugitive. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I guess that's kind of what eloping is, but, like, that's got a real negative connotation. Oh, yeah. I mean, impetuous is basically childlike and fugitive is you're on the run. So you're basically a baby on the run. So, <laughs> hey, it's Brenda. <laughs> yeah. But then ultimately, yeah. it's like he still gives her his blessing. Like he's still like, mm, oh, well, you charmed me again, Brenda. And then I truly feel like she walks out the door and he's just like, how did that happen? Also, that was a great pun. I really hope somebody catches it. So. Anybody? No. But you charmed me again, Brenda, because Shannon Doherty was in Charmed. Oh. I'll see myself out. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so then we skip over real quick to the Peach Pit, randomly, where John Sears apparently shows up. I don't... Okay, this was like a filler scene, right? Yeah, it was a pissing contest. Yeah, I mean, like, Dylan's eating a burger, and then John Sears comes in and is like, why do you do this? Eat fry. And Dylan's like, 
I like the food. Why mess with something that's broken? And then John Sears goes to the other side of him and is like, ugh, eats a fry. Like, it made no sense. There was nothing to it. They Like, you kept saying, like, every time I turn around, Kelly's with you. You must have some kind of hold on her. Like, yeah, they dated for, like, a year, two years or something like that. Like, I also love that Dylan was asking Nat, like, why is it the only two girls I've ever loved are going around with dirt bags? And I was like, does that say something about you? I know. Find the common denominator, Dylan. You did cheat on one with the other. Mm-hmm. And, like, you did cheat on the one a couple of times. Yeah. But, yeah, that was such a dumb scene. It did not need to be there. We, no. we could have had a, Des- a Deshaun scene there. Yeah. I think my favorite part was when he implied that eating diner food is childish. I like, Why? Yeah, he's like, you still go to your old high school hangout? And Dylan's like, I like the food, man. Like, do you still go to Wendy's? Like, <laughs> And then don't eat the food. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But also, let's talk about, like, I have not been to, like, an Applebee's or, like, any of those kind of chain restaurants since maybe, like, the first couple years of college. Mm-hmm. Like, just because there's not an Applebee's in Midtown Atlanta. Like, it's not something that's around me. Right. And very much especially because now I don't feel comfortable eating in restaurants I'm like all I want is a Chili's I just want to go to Chili's you want that like molten lava cake or whatever they have no I want the like 2600 calorie quesadilla explosion salad (laughs) I want that so bad that's awesome I have so good (laughs) I keep seeing commercials for Olive Garden and I was just like oh my god do you remember Olive Garden sitting in those weird chairs with the wheels and like everyone's too close together and bottomless iceberg lettuce and breadsticks don't forget the breadsticks oh my god the breadsticks are like dipped in butter and then oil and then back in butter before they're handed to you I almost died in an Olive Garden one time I'm serious (laughs) I, I want this story yeah I don't 100% remember everything that happened, but basically my friends Katie and Megan and I, we were having a girls night and we decided to go to the Olive Garden up in Kennesaw and because we love the breadsticks and the romaine iceberg lettuce combo. And so we were there and I think I'm telling this story, right? I need Katie or Megan to corroborate this for me. So if you guys are listening, let me know if this is correct, but I want to say some other couple in the restaurant was having a fight and we heard it. This is when we started really thinking that we were secretly on a reality television show. (laughs) So we heard this couple fighting. We're just carrying on, whatever, whatever. So then all of a sudden we hear a bang and a piece of a plate comes flying our way. And we had to like duck (laughs) because it was like a, a plate shard coming right for us and I think it hit one of us but like we were like covered up and so and so I think it just like hit our arm or something and didn't cause any blood or anything but yeah if we had not heard the couple fighting and not avoided the plate shard it was going right for the carotid I know it (laughs) oh my god what kind of a fight do you have at the olive garden that badly do you did you like actually overhear it I don't remember what it was about because I don't, I don't think they were close enough to where we could actually, like, hear what they were saying. We just heard, like, loud voices and then bang and then shard. I mean, 
I bet it was something bad because I bet, you know, whoever started it, like, she's like, oh, I'm going to take him to the Olive Garden before I tell him I've been sleeping with his brother because he <laughs> won't cause a scene in the Olive Garden. Totally. What's that from? Oh, it's from, I think, Atypical or something like Yes, it's from Atypical. If you guys haven't seen that show, you should watch it. It's adorable. But there's this, somebody has a scene in the Olive Garden and they specifically take their parents to the Olive Garden because they won't make a scene in the Olive Garden. <laughs> It's so perfect. I mean, it's it's a totally flawed argument because if you do do bottomless soup salad and breadsticks, you have plates all over the table. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because you need a new plate every now and then just to, like, get a clean plate. Yeah. <laughs> like. Anyway, well, I'm glad we've, you know, stuck to our brand of being tangential. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just. You know, I haven't been able to talk to any about anybody about wanting to go to these restaurants. Like. <laughs> John was in it for, like, the first couple, like, when I was like, oh, I want to go to Red Lobster, and then, like, the do Rita came out, and he was like, no, I can't listen to you anymore. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better, specifically in Taylor Swift's, one of her new albums, and one of the songs she talks about going to the an Olive Garden, so, <laughs> I've been on the brain. I thought you were going to say in one of her songs, she drinks a do Rita. <laughs> <laughs> Which... I love Taylor. I would love her so much more if she just like posted an Instagram video of herself being like, this is a margarita made with Mountain Dew and then just drink it. I wouldn't put it faster because like she'd use it in some way to just like keep playing chess while the rest of us are playing checkers and make a million more dollars. I was going to say like she'd do it and then like while she's doing it, one of her songs is playing in the background and then she's like, oh, by the way, I wrote three more albums. Oh my God. If only. <laughs> what? Like it's hard? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to West Bev. Cindy's pissed. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love them just like yelling. Mm-hmm. I also... I have so many opinions about Jim being like, what can I do? He's my biggest client. It's like, Jimothy, she's (laughs) your daughter. Yeah, clearly Brenda is not the important thing here. But Cindy seems to think that if they get Brenda alone, they can reason with her. And that's all, all I really took away from that scene. Oh, no, I do feel like Cindy is sitting here being like, we're going to kidnap her. Mm hmm. We're going to put her in the basement. We're going to tie her to a chair. And she's just going to forget about Stuart. Exactly. And then Jim is like, we can't do that because Stuart is Lawrence Carson's son. Mm-hmm. And then Brandon is like, I don't know, now in charge of stopping Brenda. So he well, calls Steve. Of course. Because who else would he call? And it's perfect because, like, <laughs> while they're on the phone, Steve is showing Steve and he's watching television And Brandon calls him to go to Vegas because Brenda's eloping. All of a sudden, like, as soon as Brandon finishes that sentence, it was an extremely well-timed TV explosion in the background. It was, like, literally like a... And it was perfect. It was as soon as that sentence happened, which is great. And then he's like, yeah, dude, of course I'm going to Vegas. Because apparently Steve is all about gambling. Who knew? Because we... (laughs) No, Brandon was all about gambling. And then he hangs up the phone and Laura calls him. And he's like, mm, sorry, can't. Got to go to Vegas. I Oh, that conversation was amazing. Because mm-hmm. he's literally just like, what's the problem? And she's like, I don't know. You tell me. And he's like, who's this? <laughs> Laura. And then he's like, I can't talk. I have to go to Vegas. Bye. Hangs up. Literally. Like, I think the speed was perfect there. Like, he, it was literally that fast. 
And then he like stands there for a minute and it's just like, oh no. <laughs> I'm going to call Kelly. I know. And yeah, there's like that, you know, phone treat, which makes very little sense. Like it definitely falls apart at the beginning. Like why would Brandon call Steve? But then it makes sense that Steve would call Kelly. It makes sense Kelly calls Donna, that Donna calls David. But it does not make sense at all that David would call Dylan at the Peach Pit. Well, and who called Andrea? No one. Who told Andrea? (laughs) (laughs) What if Andrea was just like already going to Vegas and they were just like, Andrea, why are you here? Or they all just assume that somebody called her. <laughs> In just, reality, she has the Walsh's phones tapped. <laughs> oh. Or Steve's. Oh Definitely God, Steve's. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because she, she tapped the phone when she found out Laura wanted to be friends with Steve because she needs to track this kumbaya melting pot college experience. This is going to be so great for her thesis. Oh, my God. Yes. So good. But yeah, it just completely falls apart. And I think this was about the time that I realized Nat did not need to be in this episode at all. Mm-mm. He like, didn't. Why are we at the Peach Pit? Dylan could have been anywhere else. Dylan's got to get his fix. For high schoolers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it it just fell apart so quickly. And, like, I know why Brandon called Steve because, you know, for story, like, we had to have Laura calling Steve. And so it made sense that, like, Steve would get the most time and then on and on and on. But, like, when it got to the point of David having to call Dylan at the Peach Pit, I was like, no, you've lost me. Yeah. <laughs> this story is no longer real. Mm-hmm. It would have made more sense if Kelly had told Donna and David at the Beach Apartment and had called Dylan. Yeah. Like, it just – it doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> and I love that Brandon, like, you know, packs a bag, goes downstairs, and is like, Hey, mom and dad, I'm going to Vegas, but I promised Brenda I wouldn't tell you why I'm going to Vegas. And Jim finally mentions his gambling problem. But, like, they don't put together when he says, I promised Brenda, (laughs) who you don't want to get married, that I wouldn't tell you why I'm going to Vegas, where you can get married. True. True. Just like went right over their heads. <laughs> it really did. Like he had to literally say it. And that's when they were like, what? <laughs> Are you serious? Oh that's my hilarious. God. I didn't even catch that. That's no, funny. it was it was driving me nuts this whole time. I was just like, Brenda needs to leave this family. Yeah. She needs to go back to Minnesota. I wish she tried. That didn't I work know. out. No, she can stay in L.A., but I feel like they all need some space. They need to be one of those families that's just, like, good not talking to each other for, like, a month. Yeah. That's fair. But then, yeah, Brandon's like, you can't go to Vegas because she'll freak out if you're there, but I can go secretly. And I'll secretly get her to stop. And I think this is where Jim's like, okay, cool, you have a plan. And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> a plan's a good idea. A pl- there, you can't spell plane without plan, so <laughs> that's what we're doing. They had nothing. There was nothing. They had nothing. Whoever even storyboarded this episode had no plan. I think they just storyboarded like Brenda and Stuart elope. Brandon finds out. 
Brandon and gang stop the elopement. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, so does anybody have any ideas? <laughs> we'll just write Wait, it as we shoot it. Someone wrote the outline and then just handed it to someone else and just went, make this dialogue. <laughs> oh, my God. What if they just gave that outline to Jason Priestley and we're like, I mean, you direct the scene. You you can pick this out, right? Like, you, you get what I'm <laughs> saying here. Yeah. But then, good news, we pop over to the plane where everybody's getting on board. And this is where David's just, like, a huge asshole to everyone. Um, including the flight attendant. I know. And then, like, somehow this whole scene ends with David and Kelly sitting in the same row with Donna and, like, making up, I guess. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, this is when Kelly's just like, I don't, my mom's been married five times, but I've only had one brother or whatever she says. Mm-hmm. She said and that, that and he's like, yeah, sister. Yeah. <laughs> Enthusiasm. <laughs> I went from no sisters to two sisters. Yay. Family. (laughs) My favorite part is that it's like, okay, we'll call a truce, but only for this trip to Vegas. Deal. You know, I'm really sorry about all that shit I said, man. (laughs) Like, not even a breath later. It was ridiculous. It was. But it was also overdue, so it's fine. And Donna's happy. So if Donna's happy, I'm happy. Oh, my gosh. Donna being like, I just love weddings, guys. (laughs) What? Also, her just sitting between them like their child, just being like, (laughs) mom and daddy love each other again. (laughs) Like, it would have been funny if she, like, took their heads and, like, put them, like, as close together on her shoulders to, like, make them touch. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. Um, No, I feel like this episode is just, like, riddled with plot holes but I had so much fun watching it that I don't even care. It really felt like the I don't know if y'all ever saw it, but when Zach and Kelly get married and say by the and say by the bell and they go to Vegas or whatever, it felt it or was that the movie? I don't no, remember. I think it may have been a movie. I do remember that happening, but like my Saved by the Bell knowledge is just like nothing. Well, I want to say it was a movie, and it was just like chaos. You know, hijinks, like all that good stuff. And I feel like this episode, as soon as we board the plane, hijinks are about to happen. I, like, seriously, though. Also, this plane, like, it amazed me how much they fit on, like, this plane set. Mm-hmm. Like, Steve teaches Andrea how to play blackjack. And then Dylan finally tells Brandon what's up with Stuart, which, like, I still have so many – like, I feel like this was a plot hole. They never thought of the thing to make Stuart have done. Mm -hmm. And so then they were just finally like, he used to deal drugs. It's like, okay, do you have any evidence that he still deals drugs? Right. You used to do drugs. And drink alcohol. And so you're just saying he did deal drugs and now he doesn't? Yeah. Okay. And then Brandon's just like, well, that does it. <laughs> okay. Boy Scout Brandon has shown up. It's just like, yes, it's bad. Don't do drugs or deal drugs. But like, we don't have any evidence he's still doing that. Yeah. I mean, this is, granted, we have no reason not to believe Dylan. But like, it's essentially his word against 
maybe Stewart's if it ever came up to him. But like, I, yeah, I, yeah, it was just missed. It was it was an opportunity that I think was missed on because there was so much buildup, like constantly Dylan not wanting to reveal to anyone what Stewart did, all these references to Stewart's past, all these references to his character or lack thereof, and this fell flat. Yeah, I mean, it was like, I have no reason to doubt Dylan. I fully believe that Stuart did use to deal drugs. I also kind of fully believe Stuart does not still deal drugs. Yeah, same. Like, he has been with Brenda nonstop for like three weeks. I feel like at some point someone would be like, bro, my drugs. Mm Mm-hmm. But... Anyway, so we find that out, and now the gang has arrived in Vegas, um, and there was that little cute, you know, I love Lucy moment where, like, Stuart and Brenda are in the master suite, and the door opens, and they all tumble inside. That was when, so the girls got that hotel room, and then the boys were doing the Marx Brothers, which, like, right, okay. So, like, I guess they got two massive hotel rooms for the boys and the girls. And then, like, I the Marx Brothers thing was really cute. But I was like, I don't know the Marx Brothers. So, like. Like, I'm familiar enough lot. to know the names, but I'm not familiar enough to, like. I haven't get... seen the Marx Brothers. I was actually yeah. kind of really hoping we would get to this point and someone would be like, oh, yeah, I'm totally familiar with that. I mean, I'm familiar in the sense that I heard a reference on Gilmore Girls, and that's my (laughs) extent of knowledge. (laughs) And then the idea that they're in Vegas, which is massive, right? And Mm -hmm. they just, like, are in the same hotel as Brenda and Stuart. And, like, figure out his room number and stuff. Yeah. Which, like, I totally buy that Steve bribed a maid and just, like, flirted with her until she gave him the room number. Like, I Mm -hmm. totally buy that. And, like, yeah, there's other stuff I buy because this is the scene where they're talking about Brenda getting married. And then I think it's Donna says, oh, we should throw her a shower. And Kelly says, yeah, a cold shower. And then everyone in the room, despite all having bought tickets, rented rooms, like flown to Vegas, done all this stuff, is finally just like, oh, yeah, we're all here to stop this, right? (laughs) We're on the same page, yeah. (laughs) And they are. They're like, yeah, 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 we know Brenda. She... You know, she'll she's one of those people that like you tell her to do something, she'll do the exact opposite. So we just have to pretend like we're just over the moon about this and be super, super excited and really encourage this. Then that'll make her not want to go through with it. And then Dylan's like, I'll take care of Stuart. Yeah, because they're still like, Stuart, he used to deal drugs. He's bad. Who's our bad boy? Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to the suite that Brenda and Stuart are in. And I love that Stuart is just like, you can join clubs and you can volunteer and you can take up gardening. And then Brenda's like, but what about my career? And Stuart's like, uh. What career? Right. You don't have to do that. (laughs) I know. He's literally just like, I just don't want anything taking you away from me. Yeah. Red flag to match his awful reddish orange shirt oh my gosh and her hair was so big (laughs) 
And then, like, yeah, the gang is just all at the door, and they've, like, surprised her, and they're like, we're not too late for the wedding, right? And this is where she says that they're going to get married at the stroke of midnight. Isn't that romantic? And, like, it's not, right? Yeah, like, how is that romantic? What's romantic (laughs) about it? Is it, like, the very first part of tomorrow is when we want to get married? (laughs) The very first part of Tuesday, November 17th. Yeah. Like, if it was, like, a specific day, I would buy it. But I don't – like, I was sitting here thinking, like, okay, I got married at 1 p.m. Is that the opposite of romantic? Yeah, I think mine was 5.36, something like that. Okay, so you're closer to romantic. Is it? (laughs) According to Brenda. (laughs) I don't know. wrong. It's 4 (laughs) p.m. God, I missed it. Damn it. (laughs) My wedding is cursed. It's like, I think my wedding was over by 4 p.m. Yeah. And then just, oh, my God, like, so much. I just have so many issues with, like, everything that happens from now on. Because this is when Steve calls room service for three magnums of champagne and then specifically says, charge it to Stuart Carson. Yeah. Like, Which, like, same, Steve, same. <laughs> like, you're calling from his room. <laughs> Hello, room service? Yes. Can- it's me, Stuart Carson. Please send me things. Charge it to Stuart Carson. Sir, aren't you Stuart Carson? Yes, that's what I said. <laughs> Stuart Carson. It feels like very fond Moscato. Like, Stuart Carson, how the heck are you? Please send some champagne to my room. I'm Stuart Carson. Yeah, <laughs> very much. For the people. Very much so. That's hilarious. <laughs> and then, like... The girls, like, go into another room, and then Steve, like, runs in after them and says some weird shit and then leaves. I don't know. I didn't write down what he said. It was, like, 2-9-11, and then just, like... Yeah, it was, like, it was, like, um... I don't don't even know, because I was, like, what do these numbers mean? Steve was high on Vegas. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, that boy was excited. Oh, yeah. And that's where, like, they get caught for being underage, but, like, it really sucks because Andrea just puts a quarter in the slot machine and instantly wins the jackpot. But it doesn't sound like a lot because they're like, you have to give us $500, but you can keep the rest. So I'm like, was it 501? Or, like, what did she win? Which, like, doesn't feel like a lot, but I also feel like Andrea's the poor and, like, she had to buy the plane ticket. So, like, she was, I feel like she should have just been, like, sure, bye. And then just, like, left. <laughs> yeah. True. I don't know. Like, it, it was it was all weird. And then, yeah, like, the boys were standing on the other side of the casino, and Steve is all pissed off because Brandon has a gambling addiction, so he can't gamble <laughs> with Brandon. And then Dylan has an alcohol addiction, so he can't drink with Dylan. And then Stuart's <laughs> just, like, there. also can we talk about a stroke club that doesn't serve alcohol isn't that weird that felt so weird to me and they're going at like 9 p.m that that was kind of my thought was less about the alcohol more about the time of day (laughs) but that's like you put it all together is like that means that you are hyper aware of what you're doing and like i've never been to a stroke club but like it feels like clubs and casinos and all these things like want you to lose track of time want you to lose track of your wallet want you to lose track of your senses 
It also seemed like strangely well lit in that strip club too. <laughs> the music is not the mu- original music that was in the episode I checked, but it was bad. Yeah. Like it was like you can strip to that. The music was bad. It was extremely well lit. So every person could just look around awkwardly at everyone else and pretend to themselves that this isn't awkward. <laughs> That's what, like, you're so hyper aware that, like, you and your future brother in law are looking at boobs together. Yep. And they're all like, oh my God, all oh, the boobs, the boobs. And it's like they've never seen boobs before. <laughs> We know they have. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like literally sitting in my head like I I know all of them have seen boobs. I know who they've all slept with. Yeah. And yet I'm sitting here being like, has Steve seen boobs? Has David seen boobs? Well, he saw Kelly's boobs accidentally. <laughs> Ew. Oh, my God. <laughs> Most of this group has seen Kelly's boobs. Yeah. With oh. the exception of Brandon, I think. And Stuart. Right, right, right. I, I forgot about him. <laughs> I mean, I understand. I also, like, and he's like, oh, yeah, I know this great club outside of the city. They don't serve alcohol, so you guys can give get in. And then Dylan's just like, why? Because you want to see some titties? <laughs> and he's like, no, I want to hang out with you guys. <laughs> and Dylan and Brandon are like, shit, I like him. <laughs> I, yeah, they all have this, like, aha moment where they're like, oh, my God. I see the appeal. <laughs> um, that was extremely validating for me because I have liked Stuart this entire time. He's not so bad. He's just privileged. That's it. He's just boring. He's yeah, a little yeah. bit dumb. <laughs> but he he has like, he has a sweetheart. He's just oh a little sweet boy. And I want to <laughs> give him a hug. I don't remember if we've talked about this yet because time has no meaning. Did I tell you guys that John learned the term himbo? <gasps> oh I've been God. trying to tell Nate what a himbo is for like ever and he still doesn't get it. He's like, wait, is that a himbo? <laughs> yeah, he he like heard it in a game once and like looked it up and like, you know, made himself fully aware of what a himbo is. And then like the next time we talked, he was like, have you heard this phrase? <laughs> <laughs> and so now we'll be watching stuff and he'll be like, that's a himbo. Mm-hmm. And like, yep. it's it's my new favorite thing to just like pick out himbos in the world because I was like, Steve's a himbo. And now yeah, I'm realizing yeah. Stuart's a himbo. Definitely. Yep. 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 Yeah. I realized my first exposure to himbo in pop culture, <clears throat> Mary, I'm sorry, you won't know this one, but Ariel will. It's Nate from Legends. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he absolutely like just wait until the next couple of seasons, and you'll be like, "Oh my god, he!" They made up this word for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't remember when I first heard it, but like, I. So when John asked me, I was like, "I've heard the phrase," and I'm pretty sure it's like him and bimbo. Like it's a it's a man bimbo, but I was like, I can't actually be certain why I know that thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now like every time, like we watched Thor and John was just like, that one. <laughs> it was the whole um, Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he's just like pointing. Like, I got one. 
I love our tangents. I love them. But anyway, Dylan and Brandon don't hate Stuart. Nope. But I think this is also the time that, like, Dylan is just sitting next to Stuart and being like, yeah, you know, uh, Brenda cheated on me. A couple times, actually. Yeah, there was this guy, and then there was this guy, and, like, the whole time he kept saying that, I was like, you also cheated on her at those same times. Right. With her best friend. But anyway, yeah. (laughs) Like... He's like, yeah, um, there's this guy in her aerobics class, and Stuart held on to aerobics class. <laughs> like, he didn't hang on to the fact that there's a guy in the aerobics class. He was just like, aerobics? <laughs> That's not Stuart. on my approved activities for Brenda once we get married. I feel like Stuart's actually weirdly evolved, and he's just like, okay, so she was keeping it tight enough that someone in her aerobics <laughs> class thought she was good looking. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, besides the whole, like, career thing. But, like, he could be. Yeah. Yeah, because then he was like, yeah, and there's this guy in France. And he was like, France. (laughs) Like, he just kept focusing on the wrong thing. And it was just. So she's cultured. Yeah. God. Stuart. Yeah, okay. I like Stuart, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have bad news for the both of you. Yep. Because, yeah, like, while they're doing this, the girls are going shopping to get Brenda a dress and then her, you know, something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue. And I think this is where Kelly is just like, oh, man, it's so funny. The last wedding that I was at was my mom and Mel. But that's not going to happen to you. It's like, Kelly, you had one job. Encourage this. (laughs) But she's too jaded and cynical about marriage because, like, duh, why would she not be? And she let it slip, like, oh, marriage kind of sucks. Well, and it was just, like, so, like, all of these little subtle things. And then they get to the wedding chapel. And I I kind of loved and hated that the, like, person setting up their wedding was like, okay, it's going to be 40 for this and 15 for this and 40 for this and 200 for this and da 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 and this and this and this. It'll be $215. It'll be cash or credit. And, like... I feel like that was supposed to be a bad thing, but at the same yeah. time, I'm sitting here like, I remember all of my wedding bills. Oh it's God. not like How any- can you not? It's not like anybody really wants to sit there and like spell it out for you. They want you to pay for it. Yeah. Like we don't need an itemization here. We just need the final cost. Like. Yeah, how can we not remember how much things cost? I feel like everything for my wedding cost $2,000. Everything. Yeah, and when she said $200, I was like, I remember the time I wanted to elope to Vegas. (laughs) Yeah, I felt like this whole chapel stuff, I don't know, maybe maybe just like in my head, but it gave me the vibes of like Matilda. Like, I don't know really how to explain it, but it was like almost like weird camera angles like oddly close up to like Stuart like and when he presented the American Express card it just felt kind of I don't know like the uh, maybe that's what Jason Priestley was going for it was like this over the top like push in really far and be dramatic I don't know but it just felt super weird and that was probably the point was to make it look bad <laughs> I mean yeah it's gotta be because like 
when they actually go into the chapel, which is, you know, cutting ahead of a whole bunch of other little stuff. But when they go into the chapel and there's the fire and brimstone man and it's like zoomed in up on his face and he's just like poverty, war, death. Like, sir. Yeah. It was very Princess Bride, like, mowage. But, like, not... Yeah. yeah. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, it wasn't, but it kind of was. No, I totally get what they were going for of, like, just making everything super uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, like, the two of them. Because, yeah, it was, like, the really fast talking, and then he just, like, flings up his credit card, and then they all walk away. And then, like, Brenda just walks away. Yeah. She just goes to talk to other people. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, like, the minister is giving a sermon on fire and brimstone, and then when he's done and is the, like, speak now or forever hold your peace part, you can hear trucks passing on the expressway. <laughs> I had subtitles on, and it literally said, like, truck horn. <laughs> <laughs> I love when she says, I do, and he's like, no, 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 not yet. <laughs> yeah. Are you even listening to me? Right. And then Stuart's like, no, 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 continue, continue. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. At least they were on the same page. Yeah. Like, they they wanted to, like, stop this. They just didn't know how to say it. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, TLDR for the rest of the Brenda Stewart stuff in the episode, like, she objects. She talks to him. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't actually want to get married, too. And then they go to dinner and they're dancing, and they're both like, I'm in love with love. I'm not in love with you, but I do love you. And, like, we're we're definitely almost done with Stuart, right? Yeah, it was – I was very confused. Are they breaking up? Are they staying together and just not getting married? Like, no closure here. I think they're staying together. Or at least, like, trying to stay friends. Yeah, I think they're trying to stay friends because um, Stuart was like, you have such good friends. And Brenda's like, I could use one more. Right. And it's like, why are you breaking up, though? Just don't get married. You're still cute together. Yeah. Like, and like, clearly like hanging out. Yeah. And they're like clearly into each other. Like, I don't know. No, it That part got a little weird. And then like all of them going down the row at dinner. And, like, talking about them and, oh, they look so cute together. And I also love that Kelly was like, we can make the 2 o'clock magic show. <laughs> I know. Like, 2 a.m.? It was, like, definitely showing the different priorities of, like, what each person wanted while they were there. No, and I mean, aside from all the little, like, tidbits, I mean, that's it. Yeah, I mean, Jim and Cindy burst in, but like Mary said in her synopsis, like, they were too late, and they're like, no, stop, and like, they were too late because, like, the wedding was already stopped, so it's it's all good. I do love that Jim, like, throws the doors open and is like, I object to this wedding. I refuse to let it happen. I am here to stop the wedding, and Brandon's like, it's already been stopped, Dad, and Cindy's like, oh, that's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Cindy's too nice. She is. And then, yeah, I mean, the only other thing that I think I really want to comment on is when they pay for the wedding, David is talking to Donna, and he goes, you know, we could get married. 
we'll get it annulled tomorrow, but tonight. Like, I understand that David is not the sharpest tool in the shed. However, that is not what Donna meant by waiting until they got married. Like, (laughs) I just, like, why say the words, get in an old tomorrow? Why say the words? Everything that comes out of that boy's mouth this episode, I wanted to just, like, smack him. He has a punchable face today. Yeah, he does. Like, (laughs) I just, I couldn't. I... David, just calm your tits, man. Seriously, like, bruh, I have no words for you. (laughs) I don't either. Okay, did you grade the episode? Okay, so (laughs) I wrote down a grade and then I put a question mark and said, is that weird? I want to give it an A. I don't think that's weird. I mean, it was a fun episode. I had a lot of fun with this episode. And, like, everyone pissed me off, but I think they pissed me off in ways that made sense for them. Yeah. And, like, I'm totally fine with plot holes. And I feel like if I'm totally fine with all the plot holes, that means you've done your job. True. That's a good point. So, yeah, I'm going to give this an A. I mean, to be fair, we usually like the ones where they're, like – most of them are all together, so it makes sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, like, checked my boxes of, like, everyone's mm-hmm. all together. It was a story I liked. Like, Steve did some weird-ass shit and was <laughs> just funny about it. True. Very true. Yeah, I ended up – so, thinking back, I probably would change it to an A-, minus, but I did give it a B plus. but I did have, like – for bozos getting married. I just like the word bozos. So. I like it. Yeah, I didn't have anything for the A. I was kind of hoping we'd say something with an A, but I don't think we did for the entire episode. And I can't use Andrea. I feel like every time we have an A, I'm just like, Andrea did something. Annulled tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I hate it, but I love it. That's all I got. All right, guys, do you have any guesses for my quote of the week? In an episode that wasn't hugely quotable. It really wasn't. And, like, I think if I was going to say a quote of the week, not that I wrote anything down, I think it would have come from Steve. Okay. like – there was when they were on the plane together and he like was teaching Andrea how to play blackjack and then she got 21. So he looked at Elvis and was like, you want to go to a wedding later? <laughs> and then when he called room service and he was like, charge it to the guy who has this room. And, uh, oh God, what did he say? I'm, I'm going to need a peanut butter and a Nana sandwich. <laughs> That's it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Just the way he said it. He's like, I need a peanut butter nana sandwich. (laughs) He just got like so into Vegas. It made me so happy. He legitimately was like on cocaine or something because he was so excited it changed his whole like demeanor. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's the whole thing they say about (sighs) casinos where like you know, there's no 
you know, natural sunlight and they like, you know, supposedly pump oxygen into the place that you're awake and you're like gambling on and on. Like Steve was high on Vegas. He so was. And he wanted a peanut butter and banana sandwich. (laughs) Oh, he was channeling the king. Oh, man, that was great. I love Steve so much. He's so funny. Oh, God. Okay, what's what's next week? I feel like I don't know how to transition anymore. It's okay. We don't need transitions. We got <laughs> season four, episode 11, Take Back the Night. Oh, no. I mean, good, because Take Back the Night. Like, there is going to be some, like, social justice movement happening here, but, like, it's not going to be fun. We shall see. I do know that in a few episodes we're going to see a guest star who we've seen before. Oh, just a guest star. <laughs> this episode has one to ten guest stars. <laughs> I hope it's Cousin Bobby again, but not as Cousin Bobby. <laughs> I, hope it's, I hope it's Dean Kane. Dean Kane. We'll see. Well, until then... You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at back to podcast. And <laughs> you can send us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, any old thing via electronic mail at back to podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to share, like, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera, on your podcast apps. Uh, don't forget to rate and review us because we'll read all those reviews. The five-star ratings really help us get seen. I assume you're going to rate us five stars because, I mean, let's be honest, this was gold. Gold. Pure gold. But if you don't, it's fine. Just just be, be honest. honest. <laughs> we'll still read it. We'll still love you. Yeah, we're just thankful you're listening out there, eh, uh, Charles? <clears throat> <laughs> I feel like that should have been a little more under the breath of like, we're just, we're just, we know you're all listening. Charles. Hey, I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend named Charles. I could be talking about him. Well, now we know you're not. <laughs> I had a manager at Chili's named Charles. My stepdad's first name is Charles. Oh, that's my pop-up's name too, actually. <laughs> so, hey, many, many, many Charleses out there. One of you, though. <laughs> if your We're name just is thankful Char- you're listening. If your name is Charles and you're listening, let us know. But until then, uh, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Elvis. I'm Lucinda. I guess I'm Viv, but I'd rather be Stuart. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> bye. See ya.